When I set out uh, two and a half years ago to do this podcast, I had kind of two things in mind. Uh, the, the lesser the thing in mind was that I wanted to keep and, and maintain and build the equivalent of a journal, right? Um, these amazing things have happened to me uh, over the past three years, and I want to document them, document all the details so that I can go back and relive the details, essentially, re- keep the magic alive. Um, th- that's kind of my selfish reason for having a podcast is, is I, I want to relive the magic. But my more grandiose, my more, um, you know, just the, the, my true calling, I feel like, um, is ultimately to bring people to God. And I, I wanted to bring people to God my way, which was to take people that are like the way I used to be, right? Atheist, um, nihilist, uh, an intransigent uh, rationalist people up to their eyeballs in science and thinking that science has all the answers and stuff like that. And I wanted to take these people, you know, using the tool and and leverage of paradoxical stuff like synchronicity, but also the paradoxical nature of the mystical experience itself, whether it's psychedelic induced or meditation induced or, you know, however you come across this, these mystical experiences. I wanted to kind of point out that there are no true answers there, um, and there probably never will be. And once you kind of throw up your hands and, and, and give up and surrender to the fact that we have no powers here, right? We are subject to something so far beyond our ability to comprehend that we can't even approach it at any angle. Once you've kind of at least started to kind of understand that to any degree, it opens up this this pathway to uh, faith and and God and stuff and that tiny little thought of hmm I wonder if there could be something else hmm I wonder if this is something more than just coincidence you know when I'm talking about synchronicity and stuff that little thought of can this be the work of something more powerful and or more intelligent than me that tiny little moment y'all is all that I needed. And uh, that's what I've been trying to induce in people. Uh, the, the ironic thing, though, the funny thing, you know, because God is all about a good laugh and, and life is a joke after all, that is not the, the means of which I have been bringing people to God. But I will say I have, in fact, been bringing people to God, okay, unless they're lying to me. I've gotten uh, emails and direct messages and comments on my various uh, multimedia platforms and such of people telling me that, yes, in fact, my podcast and my story and, and the way I tell it and all this other stuff has induced God moments for them. But it wasn't through how I wanted it to be, which is pointing out all the rationalist logic and, and meeting you halfway there and saying, OK, I get you, but you may want to think about this. And that opening your path to God? No. What actually happened is me telling my story about these synchronicities has piqued the interest and curiosity of folks. And for whatever reason, that is opening up synchronicities in their own lives. And they are finding God in these synchronicities. I mean, I've had several people, y'all, email me or comment or whatever saying like, hey, you know, um, I, I had a couple moments like this in my life. I didn't think too much about them. But after listening to your podcast 
and and really understanding and appreciating these moments. Now I'm seeing them all the time. Oh, and by the way, I have found God in these moments, which is not very surprising to me at all, seeing that, you know, God himself looked me in the face during uh, trip number five, uh, the, the answer. Go listen to that episode if you haven't yet. But God looked me in the face and said, basically, hey, synchronicity is how I communicate with people. I mean, it's, this is how he does it, y'all. This is how he can reach through the cosmic spiritual realms that we can't perceive and come down and touch the, 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 you know, the reality that we have evolved, that tiny little sliver of reality that we've evolved to see. This is his means of bypassing all of that stuff and coming in and, and communicating with us directly in this little tiny sliver of reality. Okay, he, he told me this, y'all, and all I'm doing is relaying the message to you. Okay, don't think of, of me as being some wise, enlightened person. I'm just relaying freaking information here, okay? But regardless, the, the, these people are reaching out to me saying that they, they have found God through my synchronicities, you know, uh, creating synchronicities in their own lives. And that is why I'm doing this uh, podcast episode right now is because one of these particular examples, y'all, is one of the most, it started one of the most amazing daisy chain, like, you know, dominoes falling uh, chain of events uh, of my entire journey thus far. And I think has ultimately led to, I, I hate to go out on such a limb here, but has led to none other than my salvation and if, if this is true, okay, if, if listening to my synchronicities and opening your heart to my synchronicities also opens up your own synchronicities, therein creating the potential of you finding God there, then uh, listening to this story that I'm about to unfold to you uh, guys and gals out there, it might very well spell uh, your own daisy chain of events that leads to your own salvation here. Okay, and, and I hate to sound like a savior here or whatever. Just remember, again, I am not the person doing this or the force doing this. I am just relaying information. Okay, so let's get started on 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 this story here. Okay, because it's freaking amazing. This is going to be a long episode, y'all. If you haven't already noticed, I haven't gotten to the main points here yet. This is going to be a long episode, but it has to be. Because you have to hear the full context. There has been so freaking much that has happened in the past month and a half that I could make a whole other podcast about it with 36 episodes, okay? So I'm really trying to cram a lot in here. But I promise if you listen to everything here, you're going to walk away yet again with a proof here of miracles that are happening to me that I am documenting and relaying to you. Again, I'm just relaying. Okay, and hopefully, maybe uh, if it, it, you, you can find some beauty and amazingness in here, and hopefully, you find God and, and stuff here too. Okay, so let's get started here. Okay, so uh, about a month and a half or so ago, I started really revamping my TikTok channel. All right. I started making videos specifically for TikTok for that, um, you know, and th they've gone semi-viral, about as viral as I can get them. And with this virility, 
uh, came this this new wave of listeners and followers and new people that are like, wow, I listened uh, to this video and I had my own synchronicity uh, with God. And I did one video uh, specifically dealing with this whole knock on the door synchronicity. Okay. I was trying to give examples of real world, like objectively real, sober, waking light of day synchronicities to kind of open up people's minds to the, to the thought, at least, that this is too much of a coincidence to just be coincidence, right? And so I did the whole knock on the door example, if, which, if you remember, was a quintuple uh, overlapping synchronicity. Um, go listen to the, uh, the episode called I Quit. It covers this unbelievably, uh, uh, you know, quintuple overlapping synchronicity. And, uh, and that whole knock on the door thing all piv- pivoted and, and was like centered around none other than the freaking BTK killer. Okay, Dennis Rader. Okay, now now put a bookmark there because uh, he will be back in this story, all right? But of course, it had this beautiful kind of ending, uh, so to speak, that uh, I hate to be, be, get this blunt with you, but it ended in Jesus. I had so many knock-on-the-door references, including one where a person said, you know, Jesus is going to knock on your door, and then lo and behold, he shows up, and I have a picture and video of him, <laughs> y'all. Uh, it's unbelievable. But it, but again, uh, we went from Dennis Rader, BTK killer, to Jesus. It's a very like incredible juxtaposition there. But nonetheless, I, I released that video. I get a, a direct message on TikTok from a guy basically saying like, hey, man, after listening to that video about knocking on the doors and, and, and then going and listening to the actual source episode of, you know, that I quit episode about knocking on doors, he says... I myself had a freaking knock on the door God moment. And he went on to describe it in this amazing, beautiful detail and everything. And I'm just sitting there just in awe. And lo and behold, y'all, right after reading this message in the inbox uh, in my TikTok channel, I go to the homepage to see what video pops up. And this is the video that popped up. Uh, I started to realize something. Um, man, we play this game on Sundays. The person speaking is New Orleans Saints linebacker Demario Davis speaking in some kind of press conference. And it's really the Lord's Day. Since so many of us didn't get to go to church today, I have a word that I want to share. I know this is a little untraditional, so like I said, buckle up. Now listen very closely to what he's about to say. Uh, Revelations 3.20 says, See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and eat with him and he with me. I want to tell y'all about a knock that I heard this week. Now, he goes on to uh, tell this amazingly beautiful God story. Um, and as, a be- as beautiful as it is, and as much as you should definitely go listen to it yourself, y'all, the, the, his story is not uh, the, the point of this. Uh, to me, For me right now, the point is that right on the heels of getting this message from this guy about how my video about my knock on the door synchronicities that I had unlocked his own knock on the door synchronicities and helped him find God. And immediately after that, I get yet another freaking knock on the door synchronicity right after that. But we're not even done here, y'all, because a little bit later in the day, 
none other than the freaking BTK killer whom we, we haven't seen hide nor hair from since he was captured and, and sentenced uh, to prison like 20 years ago almost, shows up in the freaking news again, randomly, out of the blue. We've got a possible twist in the case involving the notorious BTK killer. He has now been named as the prime suspect in at least two unsolved cases in Missouri and Oklahoma. That would be on top of the 10 murder convictions he's currently serving time for in Kansas. Now, I don't know all the details here. Um, I haven't looked it all up yet, but um, just know that there was some new evidence that was found. And I talk about it later, so I'm not going to dwell on it right now. We need to move the plot along. But regardless... The friggin' BTK killer, y'all, who was part of that original synchronicity, all of a sudden shows up again during a an echo of the very same synchronicity. Crazy stuff. And then it gets even crazier, okay? And I'm going to try my best to compress a lot of this part of the story because I think I repeat it in a voice memo that I play later. But um, suffice it to say, y'all, that it's been a rough year for me and my wife. We've, uh, you know, it's actually been a rough couple years, <laughs> you know, since we, we started trying to have a kid. About two years ago, we, we've struggled the natural way, and then we tried IVF, and we're struggling there, too. And for any anyone who's ever gone through IVF and you've had failed cycles, it can be absolutely crushing. And so we, we've had two failed cycles, a lot of money spent on this uh, that we'll never get back. But that's the lesser part of the pain because the pain of this kind of failure when you're really wanting to have a child is absolutely brutal and crushing. My wife, who is the most naturally positive person I've ever met, uh, aside from maybe my grandmother. <laughs> my grandmother only has the, the slightest edge on, on my wife. But this amazingly naturally positive, like not fake positive person, uh, seeing her get crushed to the, to the point where she like cries like once an hour for two straight, straight weeks is devastating. Absolutely freaking soul crushingly de devastating. Um, so we've been struggling with that. And, um, this kind of like all was triangulating right at the time that I went uh, to another one of my college reunions with my Aggie buddies, like my uh, the the guys I was in the Corps of Cadets with, Company K One, class of two thousand six, whoopity whoop, whatever. Anyway, we go to my buddy's ranch, and keep in mind this is the same ranch that has like it's the so it's the source of like like three different amazing synchronicities, right? right? There's like the um, mile marker 666 and the crucifix uh, synchronicity. And then there's that amazing synchronicity that happened a year after that with this whole like crisis of faith. And then um, the, the, the horse uh, getting injured, uh, you know, uh, and its name was faith, all, th that whole thing, y'all, the same ranch, right? So I go to my buddy's ranch Long story here, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna. it's going to be its own episode, uh, what happened on this ranch, y'all. But very short story of this is during this trip, all my Aggie buddies brought their kids like they have been for the past 12 years, and I just had this amazing download um, on this trip about the, the importance and the preciousness of, of life, and it was capped off by uh, an, just an, an absolutely amazing discussion I had with my, um, with my Aggie buddy, whom I have never talked very deeply with in 20 years. We had this amazing, unbelievable conversation about God. And the tail end of that conversation was him giving me a direct order, right? Well, I, I asked him to give me a direct order. Okay. He, he, 
he was um, our company commander, uh, Company K1, and so he was my company commander. And so he's been religious longer than I have. And so I said, hey, man, check this out. As my company commander, give me an order, and I will follow it. And he says, Andrew, you need to go find a church. Like, it doesn't matter which one. Go find your home. Go find a church. And then he recommended a, a church to me that he used to go to. He was like, hey, start with my old church. Here you go. Go to this place on uh, th- this next coming Sunday and, um, you know, tell me what you think. And, and y'all, um, not only did I have a synchronicity, um, you know, on the drive up there, like no joke, the podcast that I was listening to, the subject matter of, the po- of, of that podcast matched the second sermon that was delivered at this church. Uh, it matched that subject matter absolutely freaking perfectly. And the podcast I was listening to had nothing to do with the Bible, y'all. Nothing to do with the Bible at all. Yet, what they talked about and what this guy uh, preached about, it was like Ecclesiastes chapter 7 or something, if I remember correctly, perfectly coincided. So that was one synchronicity. But the, the most amazing synchronicity and then the thing that ties this all back into this uh, story about knocking on the doors was the, the, the first sermon, y'all. Okay, so there was two sermons stacked on top of each other or, or sequentially uh, this day. I had come, uh, you know, unbeknownst uh, to me, I had come on, on the one day a month where they do communion, okay, the Eucharist. And, and for a non-denominational church, you don't have to go through the whole confirmation and everything like you do in Catholicism. You just have, you know, have to believe in Jesus. And so I go to that first sermon, and this is what I hear. The third and fourth I am are found in John chapter 10, verse 7, 9, 11, and 14. Yes, I recorded the sermon on my voice notes on my phone here, but that's not important. What I want you to do here is is once again put a mental bookmark here, okay, and, and re- remember that he is covering uh, John chapter 10, uh, several verses in there, okay, but John chapter 10. Now, I want you to listen to this next part, okay, very carefully, and keep in mind that this is all happening very, very freshly after a series of synchronicities involving knocking on doors and Jesus. John 10, 7 says this, Jesus therefore said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And then in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. These pens had no gates and they had no doors. The true dedicated shepherd would sit or lie at the opening of the the pen all night long. And uh, he would do so to prevent predators from emerging and from uh, entering the the, uh, sheepfold. By lying in the door, the only way anyone or anything could enter that pen was through and over the shepherd himself. Jesus is the door of the sheep pen. Metaphorically, lying in the door, he was the only entrance into God's sheepfold. The I am is the door of protection and of deliverance. Unlike hireling shepherds who might run away and leave the flock unprotected, Jesus 
his life is committed to caring for and to keeping watch over his people. That is to ensure their safety and rescue. This, um, this whole concept of Jesus himself being a door unto his sheep was an amazing concept to me. And I started just diving deeper into this whole, okay, so now what is this whole knock on the door thing and how does that relate? And I was going to go up and actually ask the pastor this directly, but he got swarmed at the end of the uh, the, the sermon and I, it, the, the line to see him was so long. I was just like, you know what, I'm just, I'm out of here. And so I go home, you know, all the while in deep thought, I spend the rest of the day in deep thought. The next day I, I, you know, do my thing. I was, you know, editing some videos that I'm working on and stuff like that ahead of a, a meeting that I have with a, a psychologist with me and my wife. Uh, we're doing an egg donor kind of situation because our first uh, two cycles failed and now we've resorted to egg donor. And whenever you use an egg donor or any kind of donor in this regard, you need to see like per law. I don't know if it's state law here in Texas or what, but you need to see a psychologist, like a fertility psychologist or family psychologist. I don't remember exactly what kind of psychologist, but it's dealing with the the fact that it's an emotional thing when you kind of give up and say, we're going to use someone else's eggs. Okay. So we saw this, uh, we, we met with this counselor and, and, and instead of giving you the full backstory, I'm just going to play the, the voice memo of immediately after our session, because I, I pretty much rehash everything in that voice memo anyway. So uh, th- th- this is what happened. I picked up my phone after a, uh, just listen. Okay, so continuing on to the call that Layla and I just had, which is unbelievably beautiful and amazing. Like this whole concept of help is just perfect. It's just perfect. Like for the for the whole life of this child, we're going to be like, we needed help. You are here because someone helped us. You are here because of love. And you are also here because because of the collective love that people have for each other and, and, and people wanting to help people that are in need. And because of that, you need to carry the banner of help and help other people. Unbelievable. Awesome stuff. And then, you know, it's all about life, 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 right? It's like, we don't care how we get life. We just want the life. Like, give us a child, right? And I go to get my credit card to pay for this uh, meeting. And on my way by the clock, I, of course, see that the clock reads 1010. I, I went and grabbed my phone as quick as I could to take a picture of it because I wanted proof as, as, as usual. I was like, it's going to turn to 1011 by the time I get it. But it's, it's there. I, I can see it. I'm looking at it now. And then, of course, I do what I always do nowadays when I see consecutive numbers and I type in Bible and then whatever that consecutive number is. So in this case, I typed in Bible 10 semicolon 10 into Google just to see what first comes up. And the first thing that came up is John 10 verse 10. Just real quick, I wanted to jump in to describe um, and highlight the importance of what's about to happen. Okay. I don't know in this moment, the, the, the voice memo recording that you're hearing right now that I just interrupted, I don't know in this moment, okay, I, I don't remember that the Bible verse that the pastor covered during his communion thing that I, I, had, I had heard, uh, you know, a few days before this, 
I didn't remember that it was John chapter 10 verse anything. Okay. I wasn't paying attention to what uh, book or verse. All I was doing was listening to the message. And the message was that Jesus is the gate or door to his sheepfold. Okay. So I didn't know that I was reading the exact same part of the Bible that uh, he was reading in his sermon. Okay. But I'm about to find out and uh, you're going to hear it. And then it gets even more amazing from there. Here we go. So in this case, I typed in Bible 10 semicolon 10 into Google just to see what first comes up. And the first thing that came up is John 10 verse 10, which says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay. Jesus is life. Uh, There's nothing about death in that guy. It's the complete opposite of that. In fact, there's so much life there that it's eternal life. This, to me, is a uh, rubber stamp, boop, of like an endorsement, boop, of life is going to happen. Boom. And then I was telling Layla, it's like, you know, the whole thing, it's like, um, man. And then the next verse is just amazing too, right? The good shepherd. (laughs) But anyway, okay, so the thief comes. They will come in and out and find pasture. Okay, let me me just start from verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the... No way. No freaking way. That is the... That is the verse of that church that I was at what they were doing communion. This guy pulled out this verse, John 7, talking about how uh, he is the gate for the sheep. Uh, In his sermon, he used the word door, which is amazing because I've been getting nothing but knock on the door references, just constant. And it's very creepy, by the way, because the first time I got knock on the door references, Dennis Rader, the BTK killer, was a central part of that. He was the nucleation point of the knock on the door synchronicity that happened. Guess who's back in the news again, ladies and gentlemen? The freaking BTK killer. The, uh, he didn't disclose all of the murders that he did in that confessional or that confession in trial. He kept some other ones. I guess he didn't want to paint himself as too much of a monster, even though he confessed to like killing entire families. Um, like, I don't know how many people, but, but there was, there was testimony after testimony from him, a confession of him talking about how he killed entire families just so he can get his sexual fix. Anyway, I don't want to get wrapped around the axle on that piece of crap, but I guess to make him less seem like a monster, he, he, he didn't disclose all the murders. And whoever lives in his house right now, they found a secret hiding, uh, hiding space, a little trap door where he had memorabilia and like um, trophies from other murders. And he had like drawings and pictures that he drew of, of these poor people that he murdered that didn't match any of the other stuff. And so now they have these new cold, these cold case files. They, there's a, a murder of a, per, a person who disappeared around that same area, around that t- same time frame that was never linked to BTK, but here's a purple shirt in this hiding space where um, th- this lady was seen last seen wearing a purple shirt. 
anyways, I don't want to, again, get wrapped around the axle there, but, but BTK is back in the news. There's more murders. And right around the time that this is happening, I get all of this knock on the door stuff again. Which is very weird because it's like murder, Jesus, life, knock on doors. I don't like the fact that this is all being linked to murder, uh, families being murdered, but, but, it, but it's happening for some reason. But anyway, I go to that church and when I'm doing communion, which I just happened to walk in on, I didn't plan on it. I walk into communion and this, this guy's quoting this verse, John 10 verse seven. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Hold on, let me let me read read this again. Therefore, therefore, Jesus said again, very very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Um, they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay, so here's a here's a linkage here. When the BTK killer knocked on your door, what did he bring? You talk about you talk about a thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy. BTK killer comes and knocks on your door. What is he going to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. He obviously stole trophies, underwear, shirts, all this other stuff from these uh, girls that he wanted to rape and murder. And then in the process, the family just got in the way. So he murdered them too. So here's an example of a thief knocking on... (laughs) A thief is the kindest word you can say about this guy. A thief knocking on your door to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is telling you that he's doing the same thing, but in a completely different capacity. And so think about how vulnerable you are when you answer a door that someone knocked on. You are about to let a potential killer who can kill and murder and rape your whole family into your house. And he's saying, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to, what does he say? I I, I am here so that they may have life and have it to the full. That is literally the verse that I looked up. That this is the first verse that popped up. After I saw 1010, after our unbelievably amazing uh, counseling session with this woman about the beautiful life that we're about to bring into this world and how this theme of helping people can be a beautiful central theme of our uh, child's, you know, future life. How amazing and how beautiful. (sighs) Okay. All this time, I was wondering, why was it BTK? I was thinking about, like, you know, the whole uh, mile marker 666 on the highway and the 
crucifix on the side of the highway and realizing that in order for this synchronicity, this, um, you know, predeterministic thing that God wove into reality for me to bear witness to, in order for this to happen, for me to have this catharsis, that means a human being had to die there. And that was a scary prospect for me. It's like, I am giving, I'm being given a message from God and God killed somebody to give me that message. Terrifying prospect. Horrifying prospect. You talk about us being like puppets and pawns in a grand chess game with cosmic beings that can use us and throw us away like tissue paper. I now know the real story behind that and how that's not that. But it seemed like that. And then the whole BTK killer knock on the door synchronicity, I didn't realize this until later, but if you if you treat it the same way as God manipulating the universe to deliver a message to Andrew, that means that God started, you know, created you, the universe and set all these subatomic particles in motion so that the BTK killer can murder, I don't know how many dozens of people he murdered, but entire families, plural, dying to deliver a message to me. And I was like, why? <laughs> now I know. And, and, and by the way, it's not the story you think it is. It's not that God did that. But God used this coincidence to deliver a message. And the message is that the thief knocks on your door to steal, kill, and destroy. And what a more terrifying thief knocking on your door than the freaking BTK killer. But there's something out there that's a lot worse than him. Who's he talking to? I'm talking to myself and my audience. <laughs> Layla, I now I, I now no longer hide my recordings from Layla. I used to be like she's gonna think I'm crazy. Closet recorder. Yeah, literally. I, there were times I went into the closet, but now uh, so I was like, I would be like, I don't want her to think I'm so crazy, right? Now <laughs> now I'm just <laughs> up and crazy out in the open. She hears it all now, and it's gory details talking about murdering families over here. But that's what it's saying, y'all. It's saying that is the ultimate thief, the BTK killer, right? He'll kill your whole family for his sexual fetish just to satisfy his one, just to get one little high, y'all. But then he'll steal stuff from you so he can continue that high, so he can look back on the time that he murdered your entire family. And I hate to be this vulgar, masturbate about it while he's looking at the trophies that he stole from your daughter that who, who he just raped and murdered. If you want to see the, the nasty side of sexual addiction, that is it. It's a slippery slope that can lead you to knocking on people's doors and raping and murdering entire families so you can get off once or twice or however many dozen times that you want to go and remember... <laughs> that thank you for bringing some levity to this Layla because 
Ah, but anyway. I'm going to go get dessert. Do it. <laughs> but that is the thief, y'all. And the thief is not the BTK killer. He's just following orders. He's just doing what the thing in him is forcing him to do. There's a there's a force behind the BTK killer because, oh, don't get me started, y'all. But there is a force behind the BTK killer that would that would want to do even worse than what he did, y'all, and and is planning on it. And you better believe that. But there's another force who knocks on doors that wants the complete opposite of that. And the the crazy the crazy thing is, y'all, is that you're vulnerable either way. And that's what makes this so scary. And that's why you have to fall back on faith is because you open the door to even Jesus, y'all. And it's scary. I don't care what is written about the guy. Anybody knocking on the do- your door is, is you might as well lay down and expose your neck and say, hey, here's my jugular right here. I'll go grab a knife and put and and put it in your hand, and put the said knife on my jugular. For you to do whatever to that's that, that that's the the degree of vulnerability that you're dealing with. It's it's the equivalent. What did I say on the on the Maverick episode with the horses and God training us like horses, like uh, being laid down in the arena? It's the equivalent of being laid down in the arena. You take your legs and arms away from you to where you can't run away or defend yourself, and you sit there and lay there and let a potential predator have its way with you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) See, I don't even hide this stuff from Layla anymore. (laughs) And she's unfazed. She still probably thinks I'm crazy. She shook her head, yes, <laughs> but she, she she can do nothing about it. What are you going to do, huh? Stuck. You're stuck, and that's that's love, by the way, y'all. Love is not stuck. love is stuck. You're right. Love is bondage. Love is uh, oh man, uh, had to bring had to bring it around back to bondage, right? For the BTK killer, uh, Mister BTK. I'm not talking about that kind of bondage. You sick freaking perverted. Anyway. Um, Bondage, I mean bondage in terms of slavery, y'all. I'm talking about love is, is, is the opposite of freedom. It's the complete opposite of freedom. How else would you describe a hug? A hug is not a push. You're not pushing someone away. You're grabbing someone and, and, grabbing and holding them tight so they don't leave you. It's a perfect and beautiful symbol. Love is straight up slavery. Anyone who says otherwise does not know what the hell they're talking about. You might as well go be a friggin' swinger. Oh, we have an open relationship. Well, good for you. We spread all of our love around to everybody. Do you? I guarantee you there's one of those people that you swing with that's a little more special than everyone else. I guarantee you that. And I really hope that, they, that those people feel the same way about you if you've told them the truth.
Because if they don't feel the same way about you, you are in for a world of hurt. It behooves you to find the right person who feels the same way that you feel about them and be faithful and submit to the bondage that is love. There's no freedom in that at all. It's the only form of slavery that's amazing and beautiful and awesome. Was that a hiccup? No. What? Well, you... she plays closest at 12. <laughs> you screamed. You literally screamed. <laughs> it, it, it closes at 12? I mean, you got, you got an hour and a half here. You got plenty of time. It's only down the road. Anyway. Um... Beautiful stuff. I now know why the whole knock on the door thing happened and why the BTK killer popped up in the news Ellie. again. Bye-bye. Love you. Why the BTK killer popped up in the news again and how and why all this knocking on the door stuff is back. It's no uh, mystery to me. Anyways... So if it seems like I cut that little soliloquy there a bit short, I, I definitely did, okay? I, I start going off on this uh, absolutely epic and cosmic uh, tangent here, um, and it's so awesome that we're going to bring it back towards the end of the episode, but it doesn't push the through line, it doesn't push the, the plot forward. I need to go now to what happened the day after that, y'all. Because what happened was nothing short of a freaking miracle. I mean, all of this stuff has been a, a freaking miracle so far. But, y'all, it just keeps piling on. And, and it's just, it, it, it gets just more amazing from here. And then, I'm not joking around when I say this. You better hang around uh, towards the end here. Because literally something just now, while I'm piecing together this episode, happened. That, uh, like a synchronicity, you can hear the excitement in my voice. Something literally just now happened while I'm putting together this episode that takes it even to another freaking level, okay? So after this amazing miracle that you're about to hear, stick around for the next miracle that, that just happened just now, okay? But I don't want to get too ahead of myself uh, as to detract from the amazing miracle that happened the, the, the next day, you know, from, from that last one we just heard, right? Uh, and, and just like that last one, y'all, if you listen closely, you'll hear the moment where this new synchronicity that happens in the moment, it's like a double stacking of one, you'll hear it happen, and you can hear the absolute glee and excitement and wonder in my voice. Uh, it's just amazing uh, stuff. But another thing to actually tell you about, something to warn you about, is that at one point, my phone connects to my car, and it get, gets on like Bluetooth, and you'll hear a, a major drop in the audio quality. Um, I apologize for that. I do eventually realize it and, and switch it off, but it, it, you, you'll hear like kind of bad audio quality for a minute or so. Um, but you can still hear what I say. Anyway, uh, here we go. Listen to this. It's absolutely just freaking amazing. Okay. I, I, um, I don't know how much of this is, is me reaching. Right. But I was just thinking about like the last little bit of stuff that I have in my life that's dragging me down. 
And it's stuff that just keeps popping up. Every time I try to get rid of it, there's there's like a little bit left every time that I can always find. It's like, again, it's like you're, you're ripping out a parasite that has barbs in its talent. Like it has claws, right? But on those claws are little barbs that face in the opposite direction of the point of the talon so that if you try to rip it out of your, of your flesh, those barbs are going against the pulling and therefore lodge themselves deeper into your skin, your flesh, when you try to rip it out. It's like when you rip it out, it's going to rip, it's going to rip you out with it. And so the only real way to, to get all that out is to go in and surgically remove things piece piece by piece. piece. And again, I've done this several times over the course of my uh, quote unquote recovery, if you can call it that. You can call it that, but y'all, recovery is, it's never ending. And it's its so hard to get every single last little, it's one thing to get the talons out, y'all. The talons are these big parts of, of, of addiction, right? But those little barbs that are on the talons that are facing the opposite direction that get lodged deeper into your flesh when you try to pull it out, they can break off of the talon as you rip out the talon. And so now you had to go digging around in your flesh trying to find these tiny little things and remove them one by one. And that's essentially what I'm trying to do or I tried to do. Recovery is is, is a constant thing. It's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. And you're probably never going to find every single little talent every or, or every single little barb from the talent. And... But but there is the stuff that you know, right? There is the stuff that is that is that is there that's popped back up in your life. You're like, oh man, there was a friggin' talon here. There's a friggin' there's a few barbs left here, and you can live with them because they're comfortable. They're all you've known, right? It's like I don't know a life without without these talons and these barbs in my flesh. I don't know what life is without that. In fact, in a weird way, in a sadomasochistic way, they give me pleasure. The the, the pain, I don't know, y'all, it's like having a mosquito bite. The itch feels good. The pain feels good, but it's still pain. It's like I love scratching mosquito bites, y'all. It's like one of my biggest hobbies on the planet. Now, I don't want to go out. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's what's so crazy about that analogy. I would never voluntarily go out and just say, okay, let's get a bunch of mosquitoes to bite me so that I can scratch all these mosquito bites because it feels good to scratch it. I would never do that. I hate mosquitoes. And yet, I love to scratch a mosquito bite. And so you have to ask yourself, are you better off having never, you know, never being bitten by a mosquito again, even though you love the, the, the itch? The answer is absolutely yes. Now, granted, I don't like mos- uh, scratching mosquito bites anywhere close to the, the amount that I love uh, pornography. 
not even close. I mean, it doesn't even register in the same like ballpark. But it is a, a useful kind of analogy, y'all. Are you better off never being bit by a mosquito again? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. Because one of these mosquito bites, y'all, could be freaking West Nile virus. Isn't there one called like Sika or something like that also? I'll have to look that up later. One of these mosquito bites could be malaria. It could be West Nile virus. And you're dead. So that's a clear check mark in the column of it's not good. I don't care how good it feels to scratch a bite, it doesn't it's not good. And so I'm 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 really trying to get the courage. Oh boy. So it's it's not good. To, to scratch a bite. And, and sorry about that. My, my I'm on my phone. I hate freaking technology that automatically connects to Bluetooth. And your next thing you know, you're on a telephone call with with uh, regular telephone telephone call audio. Sorry about that. That's four minutes that that I can't uh, recapture the magic here. But it's clear that a mosquito bite or that mosquitoes are bad. Mosquito bites are bad. It's it's bad. So get it out of your life, right? If you can avoid it, do it. One of these ones is going to get you, and and it's that's an that's a beautiful, uh, amazing analogy, y'all. Because right now, the, talking about one of these ones is going to get you. Right now, I I just got done getting my fingerprint, uh, all my fingerprints, because I'm likely going to. Um, well, I've, I've applied for a job at a school teaching uh, filmmaking to kids, and. The thing is, y'all, it's like everybody, pretty much everybody watches pornography, okay? It, it, but, 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 but not everybody has major serious problems with it. Now, granted, addiction is on the rise for sure, but it's not, not everyone has these problems, right? Where they hoard it uh, to ridiculous proportions, and, and so I, I, I always, when, when I think about uh, people addicted to pornography and, and, and people in the workforce and everything, I always go back to this, um, the, the, I, hate to, I hate to sympathize with this guy, y'all, but, but come on, man. This guy was, this guy's just an addict, just like me, you know? So I have to sympathize and empathize with this guy. It's a, it's a poor, a poor guy, man. Uh, he was like a teacher or something, or he was giving some kind of presentation rather at a school. I don't know if he was a teacher or a pre- or, or just a dude giving a presentation. But he's given a presentation at school. He um, leaves his computer. Um, you know, he's he's away from his computer long enough that his screensaver um, comes up, and the screensaver is straight up hardcore pornography in front of a classroom of like 50, 60 kids and other teachers. It's like, not only do you instantly lose your job and this is on the internet y'all. So this guy is, is doomed for life. Basically. I think enough time has passed now. It's been like 10 years or something where, um, it's, it's not as, uh, you know, out there anymore, but 
But the, and don't go look up this guy and and re and give him even more scorn, y'all. He's been through enough. Okay. He had a moment of weakness, just like any of uh, any of us do, and it was a public moment of weakness. But that's my point. My point is that one of these ones will be the one that gets you. There's another guy, y'all, that um, this is another uh, terrible thing. But again, this is just what happens in life, y'all, for, with people that are addicted. And I'm again, I can't point my finger to anyone else because I'm an addict, and I always will be. But this guy. Another guy in class, and this is on uh, a cell phone video. There's a, uh, you know, I don't know how old the girl was. So that's that's definitely an issue for sure. But this guy, um, a teacher, right, is doing a, a presentation in class, right? He forgets that he's, uh, that he's screen sharing on his uh, laptop. And I'm not joking around, y'all. It's sad. And, and again, don't go look up this guy and give him crap either. Let's all be let's all be nice here, okay? But this guy looks up on Facebook a picture of one of the children that are in the class. And it's like, you know, he finds like a a, a picture of her. It's not a it's not necessarily a, a a sexually provocative picture, but but what is he doing looking up a picture of a of a pretty girl in in his class? And this was a big deal and you know, I'm sure he got fired and everything. It's like Y'all, you're if you have any of these barbs left in you from from this kind of addiction, one of these barbs is going to be the one that gets you. And so, uh, yes, I'm I'm up I'm I'm out here admitting to the world right now that I still have some barbs in me, and I am about to go teach children about filmmaking. Like, this has got to go. And it's amazing the timing here because I, I just, again, it's been, it's been um, knock after knock after knock of, of knocking on door references. Uh, you know, we're recalling the, the, the crazy uh, knock on the door example involving the BTK killer. And all of a sudden he's back in the news again and I get more knocks on doors. And it's always centered around, you know, this, it's a sexual stuff. Y'all remember uh, the, the BTK killer that that's a, it's, it's a, it's a sexual drive. Y'all he's he's satisfying sexual fantasies in, uh, what does BTK stand, stand for? Bind, torture, kill. Bondage, tying people up, torturing them. Uh, raping and or masturbating to that uh, raping the person and or masturbating uh, to that and then killing them and then anyone else who gets in the way if it's a whole family if his target is one pretty little young girl and they have a family of five then the, the rest of the family is caught up in this and they all will die and then he takes the daughter and he rapes her after he's bound and tortured her and then he takes a little trophy back home so that he can take out his little trophy and remember that amazing thrill of raping and murdering her. And he masturbates to the memory of it. I'm sorry to get this vulgar and this disgusting and this intense with y'all, but that is exactly what the mentality 
is. And it all starts, innocently enough, as I've said before, as God looked me in the face and told me, it all starts out innocently, where you see an attractive uh, woman and you're like, oh, wow, that's hot. Boom, 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 right there. I tried to snap my fingers and it didn't quite work. Boom, right there. That's the that's all it needs. It slivers itself inside of you. And now if you feed that and you keep escalating because it's looking at a hot girl in a bikini is not, not uh, thrilling enough now. Now you got to go look up other more risky stuff. And then it gets more risky and more risky and more risque or whatever, all, all that stuff. And it gets more... Um, dangerous and thrilling and 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 you get that adrenaline rush and next thing you know you're a peeping tom next thing you know you, you the peeping tom isn't good enough and next thing you know you're 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 like you you see how escalation happens y'all and next thing you know you look down and you're cannibalizing people like Jeffrey Dahmer and so it's the, the to me it's no mystery that there's knocking on doors going on right now to me it's like now's the time like there's 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 there are competing forces right now that are knocking on my door. One is uh, like like that Bible verse said, one is a a thief in the night ready uh, uh you know to steal kill and destroy. I'm trying to remember the exact words are yeah, it was is kill kill, steal and destroy or steal kill and destroy. And then another one is there to give you life, eternal. And this was, I, I looked up that Bible verse when it was 10.10. 10. Um, I, I typed in Bible 10 semicolon 10, and that's the Bible verse that came up. And then it talks about the Jesus being the good shepherd and, and the, the, the door, the gate to his sheep. Nothing uh, comes um, into his flock but through him. He's the protector. He's the everything. He's the door. All this knock on the door reference. And then he mentions that, that you know, the thief will come to your door and, and all that stuff. Y'all, it's uh, uh, John 10. Was it John or Matthew? I'm pretty sure it was John. Yeah, John 10, 10. And so I get in my car just now. I'm having all these thoughts. I'm literally, as I'm walking to my car, having been just fingerprinted, I'm like, dude, you've got to get everything out. Everything. Because one of these things is gonna is going to get you. Especially where now where you're going to be giving presentations with your computer in front of people. And... I sit down and I'm like, I'm, I start thinking about why, why is it that I, that I hold on to these last little treasured mosquito bites so that I can scratch them? Like, why can't I just put some ointment on it and, and look away, let it heal and never go around mosquitoes ever again? Well, first of all, that's an impossibility because you're always going to be around mosquitoes, Right. So then you have to, the, the real solution is when, when you're around mosquitoes and you get bit, what do you do? And it's like resist the urge to go nuts and scratch. Because the, scra- the, the, the going nuts and scratching is the problem. 
and this, I, I realize that this is a recursive kind of like um, feedback loop here on, on this whole mosquito and, and mosquito bites analogy. It's not quite the best analogy for, for a pornography addiction, right? But, um, but anyways, regardless, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, dude, you need to get it out. And I remember I was, as I'm sitting down, I'm, I'm, I, I told myself, Jesus is literally knocking on your door, dude, promising eternal life. And you still are holding on to this stuff. You know what he told you about reeking of death. Like you cannot go be part of his cadre, his elite commando unit. If you come around him reeking of death and here you are still holding on to the last little bit of death and trying to rationalize it and justify it. And I sit down and I push play on my uh, on this podcast, which is about justification, by the way. It's about um, the, the whole podcast. It's a Hidden Brain episode called... Let's see, what's it called? One second. It's a Hidden Brain episode. By the way, Hidden Brain is a fantastic podcast. I highly recommend people go watch it or listen to it. It's, it's a Hidden Brain episode called how we live with contradictions how freaking pertinent is that and in this episode this guy is is talking about how he used to be bullied as a kid horrendously and then as he got older he got more developed and athletic and a little little better looking and he was kind of in the mid range of popularity and he decided so he can be at the top range of popularity and not get picked on anymore that he was going to be a bully too and he feels bad about that. He regrets it to this day. He's like, I should have been the guy standing up for kids that are being bullied. Instead, I participated in the bullying. And this is a contradiction within himself that he's trying to live with. And he finds it very hard to do. And so I go get my fingerprint, uh, my fingerprints done today. I come back uh, as I'm thinking about this stuff. And I'm like, you got to flush this, this last little bit out. I, I get in my car. I'm think I'm literally saying Jesus is knocking on your door, dude. What are you doing, man? Why are you why do you why do you cherish this death so much when you're being offered eternal life? Like get it out. And uh, and, and I I I so I, I finished that thought. I'm like, okay, time to go home. I I you know I my car's already on. I was about to say I turned on my car, but my car's already on. I plug my phone in and I hit play on the podcast. Get guess what the timestamp is when I hit play. To, to take one random guess. 10 minutes and 10 seconds right when I hit play. And do you know what word the man on the podcast who was talking about how he used to be bullied and now he and then he started bullying kids and now he feels really bad about it? Do you know what word he said? Right at 10 minutes and 10 seconds in, he said the word intersection. Now, I don't know what the rest uh, that he said was because I was too shocked to, uh, to continue listening and I wanted to record my thoughts. But the man said intersection, which is exactly what this moment is.
And so it's going to hurt y'all because I do not know what a life without mosquito bites feels like. I do not know what a life without um, these barbs that are that are stuck in your flesh that you've been trying to uh, surgically remove piece by piece for three years. And every time you think they're gone, you discover some more. It's a, it, it seriously is like when all the mosquito bites are gone from your body, you discover some more of them. And you're like, oh, yes, there's another mosquito bite. Let me scratch that. Oh, it feels so good. I love it. I cherish these mosquito bites and I don't want to let them go. And so I don't know what a life without that is like. And it's scary. It's it's I know it's ridiculous sounding, y'all, to a person who's not an addict. It's ridiculous sounding. You're like, dude, it's just it's just pornography. Get rid of it. But y'all, you have no idea. It's like it's like Gollum in The Lord of the Rings with his precious that 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 episode of South Park where the kids find the pornography and they treat it like the 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 precious from Lord of the Rings y'all it is that is a that is the most perfect analogy for what it's like for if, if you're not an addict you have no idea you will do anything to not only protect that little that little cherished bit that you have left you will not only do anything to protect protect it, but you will also do anything to indulge in it once again. Anything. I'm talking sell your soul. I'm talking sell your friends and family down the river. Sell your career down the uh, uh, down the river. sell your life down the anything y'all down the river I do not know the psychology I wish I did I, I should do more research on this and it screws up your freaking um, uh, uh, neural neural transmitter channels in your brain to such a degree that it's irrecoverable you cannot recover from addiction because your dopamine and and all this, all these other uh, uh, receptors, y'all, are so used to being flooded all the time that they're stuck at that level. And so, for, I don't remember all the science, but I, but I, uh, I saw a video of a neurologist like explaining this, like what happens to the brain during and after addiction. First of all, you're always an addict, but there's a neurological reason, y'all, and it's because it's something about your dopamine receptors or some kind of neurotransmitter receptors, or probably a combination of several are so flooded and so over uh, like overworked and overstimulated uh, for so long that they can't recover. They can't they can't rebound back to normal capacity. And so anything, y'all, that comes along for the rest of your life that comes along and engages those those channels to in any capacity, it's it's like sticking a heroin needle into your vein and letting just the tiniest little bit in to your vein. And you get that, oh man. And you're like, I could dive into this right now 
really hard as I'm watching a dog roll around on the grass. <laughs> That's kind of a good uh, uh, analogy of it. There's a dog. You know what dogs do when they when they find a spot in the grass that they want to roll around in to get the scent or something. I just saw a dog do that. Right when I said that, it's it's pretty much that mentality. It's like here's. It's 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 just that. For the rest of your life, anytime I see, for the rest of my life, anytime I see a gorgeous woman, and y'all, it doesn't, she can be covered from head to toe in a, a, a loosely fitting burqa or something like that, for crying out loud, and I guarantee you I'm still going to find something sexy about that. If you've got just the right look, or if I can imagine, the, as you're walking in your burqa, the way the burqa like hits your body, I'm like, oh, I can, I can kind of tell what's going on under there. Whoa. Even if you just saw someone's eyes, y'all like, like, like the extreme burkas. I don't know all of my terminology of the burqa stuff, but there's like, there's some where you see the woman's face still. And of course a woman's face is still gorgeous. And, and that's, that's sexy. Even a face y'all. But even just the ones that you just see their eyes, eyes can be sexy. And if that's all you get as an addict, it's like that'll become your freaking heroin right there. And so I'm telling you, I do not know what a life without this is like. And I know that once I flush the remaining stuff out, not only will there be probably a couple more that I could find and obsess about. But what happens when new stuff comes along? Now, I've done a really good job of not allowing new stuff in. Uh, what I've done is, is try to remove the old stuff and then the old stuff pops up somehow. And then I'm like, I jump all over it again. And then I, then I try to get that out again. And then there's still some left that pops up somewhere else. So I've done really good at, at that, at, at not keeping or not bringing in new stuff. But now I'm laying down the gauntlet and saying, okay, the, the old stuff is done. Your, your fix is done. Now it's like me looking myself in the eye and saying, what are you going to do next? Because the only thing you can do is bring new stuff in now. I got to do this. I don't, and I don't know how, and I'm scared. And Jesus promises me the eternal life and everything. And, 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 and I would hope that, that there's a, another breakthrough with him. And, and then I would really hope that I get successful in my endeavors here of, of trying to grow my audience and, and, help people find God and Jesus. And so there's a part of me that's almost like, you know, doing this for a selfish reason there. But I don't think God cares or Jesus cares in this in this capacity here because it's all for a good reason. It's like I'm trying to bring people to God and Jesus. And this is all better for me in the long run anyway. Anyways, oh, I almost forgot. <laughs> I almost freaking forgot.
man. I almost forgot this. How about that? Now, this is a a self-imposed synchronicity here. Because I actually had the option of choosing this one this time. Oh, my God. How about that? I have a choice. I have a choice to create my own synchronicity. Ew, that's amazing. Oh, let me let me get to the the the, the story. So, so I, while while I, while I was applying to this uh, teaching position, y'all, which is not going to be good money at all. I just want to point that out. Um, while I was um, while I was applying to this teacher position, I you know in, in, to schedule my appointment for uh, fingerprint analysis and and uh, criminal history background check, all that stuff, right? you can go set your own appointment time. And so I looked at the, uh, the times available and that they had these weird increments, right? I guess they go in 10 minute increments because I saw 10, 10 as an option. And, and, and I will, I will post a, a picture. So, so anyone who's thinking like, Oh, Andrew's just weaving together a story that really didn't happen. He's just making it up. No, I legitimately chose 10 10 not knowing about any of this 10 10 thief at the door versus Jesus at the door references this was before that call with the with the IVF specialist the 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 IVF counselor so this was before the whole 10 10 and the bible thing and me looking that up and seeing the good shepherd and the and the the shepherd at the, you know, um, Jesus is the gate to his sheep and all this other stuff and the, the thief in the night and the, all that stuff. It's before any of that. I set this appointment. I show up at 1010 to get my fingerprint so I could go teach kids stuff. Then I get in my car, 1010, right when he says the word Intersection. And again, I could be all, I could be just grasping at straws and trying to find any kind of like little thing I can. But this to me is a clear freaking sign. I need to have the courage to let it go and I need to do it today. Are you sufficiently freaked out yet about the cosmic infinite power? of God and Jesus. If if you don't see any kind of thing beyond coincidence in all this stuff that happened so far on this episode, y'all, in my real life, if you don't see anything beyond coincidence, you are blind, straight up blind. I am accusing you straight up of being blind, whether that be intentionally or unintentionally. You are blind. But for those who do see what I see, even to the tiniest little degree, I'm sure that you can appreciate why I am absolutely blown. At least you can ap- appreciate the uh, why I am blown away, if you're not blown away yourself. Okay? And if you are blown away yourself, prepare to get even more blown away. Because we are not done. 
it is about to get even freaking more cosmically, infinitely powerful God coincidences. Okay, for all you people who still think it's coincidence. Listen to this. I am going to give you right now the definition, okay, from Merriam-Webster's website. The definition of the word portal. Okay? First definition. Door. Entrance. Especially a grand or imposing one. Definition number two. The whole architectural composition surrounding and including the doorways and porches of a church. And there are three other definitions here that uh, don't quite fit what I want. Yes, I am cherry picking here this, this definition. But y'all, the first two involve doors. Doors. Now, I would say that this definition is, is incomplete, in my opinion. I would add on to this definition. I would add something, you know, that that kind of gets you to realize the importance of a portal, right? You, uh, to me, a, a portal isn't just a door, right? To me, when I think about what a door is, y'all, and 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 vis-a-vis a a portal, it is a transition. It is moving from one kind of environment to a completely different other environment. Otherwise. Why would there be a door there in the first place? Why would there be a portal? It would just be a continuation of the same thing. You are moving from one environment, one reality, essentially, to another. And the other thing that makes a a portal a portal or a door a door, the whole reason that they're there in the first place is that we go through them. We voluntarily see a portal, a door, and we either say yes or no to it, right? Are we kind of in agreement here? Yes, I want to go through this transition to another realm, or no, I'm perfectly fine over here and uh, where I'm comfortable uh, with my (laughs) mosquito bites, okay? And so why am I suddenly talking about portals? Even though we have been talking about, you know, knocking on doors and Jesus being a door, and there is this correlation between doors and portals, why all of a sudden am I switching terminology like this out of nowhere? Well, that is because arguably the domino that tipped over, that started knocking all the other dominoes that you've heard in this episode uh, down in this daisy chain of causality, that that first domino that tipped over that caused all of this, y'all, was a tarot card YouTube video that I watched probably about a week or so before any of these events that you just heard took place. And it's funny, a, a lot of people accuse tarot of post-diction uh, as opposed to prediction and, and and how tarot essentially throws spaghetti at a wall and you know sees what sticks. But in actual reality, it's the listener who free associates and loosely connects, you know, specific dots in their life with these generalized uh, generalities. So it's really the listener who decides what sticks there. So, I mean, this is like the rationalist explanation, right, y'all? But what y'all are about to hear is bona fide pre-freaking diction. Okay, hyper-specific 
pre-freaking-diction. I didn't know it at the time I heard it, y'all. You know, it was a week or so before any of all this stuff that just happened in this episode happened. But now that I look back, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you know, it fits everything absolutely freaking perfectly. I I challenge you to find, like, a single gap here, right? It's bone-chillingly perfect. And and so, uh, take a listen here, and, and imagine how you would feel, okay? If, if think if you were me, listening to this video, after all that stuff that happened, right? Listen to this video and think how you would feel. A video called, Look for Your Portal, y'all. It's almost time. Uh, some kind of, um, wow, uh, I don't know how to say it. And so after listening to this video a few times and studying on the messages therein. If this was a dream, uh, not even a dream, if it was a mirror, it, if time was a mirror. The Cliff's Notes, you know, bullet point version here is that very soon. It's almost time. It's almost time. I will be approaching what amounts to a spiritual intersection. Ugh, I don't know how to... It's like an interconnection of some sort. Okay, and she doesn't actually use the word intersection, but it's clear what she's describing. You're changing streets. You're changing your journey. You're changing... Guys, if you are on A Street right now, you've been on A Street, and that is the path that you're on, there is going to be an interchange. There's going to be an interconnection. Um, that's on B Street, and you'll be able to shift to B Street in your A Street suit. I don't know how else to say this. She then jumps back and forth between this intersection analogy and the word window. You're getting ready to get a window, okay? Before ultimately landing on the word portal. The Four of Wands, the portal. And this portal, it, it, it has everything to do with everything. And then finally, at the tail end of the video, arriving at the word of the day, door because there is something so much better behind this door. Woo! But regardless of how she describes it, there will be a moment. I'm telling you, there's gonna be a shift in space and time and you're gonna interact with another version of self and you'll be able to take the road, the remainder of your journey on that um, street in this space and time. That's how you're gonna shift your outcome. You understand? It's an opportunity for you to shift your future. And I will understand when this moment happens, okay? I will feel it. You're gonna feel it, all right? When you feel it, it's real. But there will be this moment when I stand at a portal, a door. This is 1111 energy. It's the portal. It's the connection. It's what I've been trying to explain. Through which exists everything I've ever dreamed of and more. Everything is going to shift. Generosity is coming in. Ambition, love, um, humility, um, like all, uh, everything. Everything is coming in. I got goosebumps right now. God darn. This is going to change your life. There is no going back. My life will never be the same. Once you transfer through this, whatever this is, things will never be the same. And when it happens, I cannot hesitate. 
this is not going to be a time to hide under the covers, okay? This is not going to be a time to kind of close your eyes and act like you don't see what you know is standing in front of you. This is not that time, all right? When it happens, know who you are, know who your covering is, know that you're protected, know your worth, okay? And I will have to walk away from something. Yeah, the Eight of Cups. Can you leave that old life? I will have to walk away from my old ways, my old life, my old self. Can you leave behind what you know is no longer serving you? What you know has run its course. Can you leave it behind and move on into that next realm? And just like a potential thief at the door, it may seem scary. Yeah, this, even the devil don't like this. You see that? This is faith to know that what's happening is for your good or not. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's the portal. But even though it's scary, I cannot hesitate. That the realm that you're going into is not a realm that has room for, I don't know, I can't tell, I can't see what's going on, I need help. No, if you're gonna do that dumb shit, you might as well stay in the same uh, street you're on. You understand? I must realize what it is. You are getting an opportunity to change paths mid-journey. I have never seen this in my life, ever. And I must trust who I am and how far I've come. Confidence. Know your worth. For this to work, you're going to have to be completely confident. This is going to change your life. And I must realize that this whole thing has been preordained from on high. You called in big, big boys here. The, 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 big, the big kahunas, the big wigs. You called your crew. And they came, and they coming through like a mother lover. Now there's the strength. But I still need to be careful. Because the devil is going to be right there at this transition. You have to know your worth. The thief is lurking, and one slip up could spell disaster. You're going to have to master this suit. Your emotions, your passions, your fears, your anxieties, your worries, your doubts, your thinking. You have to master the suit if you're going to deal with this kind of power. Okay? And so, I need to bring my A-game. This is so far, if you knew what was running through my head, I'm darn near scared. As I walk through the door. This is your mother-loving time. To a new existence. And god darn are you about to show off if you pull this through. I don't know what you put in your prayers, but it's you ain't asked to hit the lottery. That's basic. You know what I'm saying? You ask for a complete new existence in this life, and you're getting it. God darn, you're getting it. I don't even know. I, I don't. I, I, I never seen a manifestation like this. Never. And so, just to recap here, this woman accurately predicted that I would be confronted with an intersection, a window, a portal, a door, however you want to look at it, through which I will essentially merge with a higher version of myself. And I didn't put this part into the montage, okay, there, but she kept mentioning uh, this version of myself in a higher plane of existence who has already won the war above. And this merging would essentially constitute a transfer of that victory into this 3D existence, okay? She also accurately predicted the, the vulnerability that I put myself in uh, by, by approaching this portal and, and how it left me trepidatious, not only due to losing a lifetime of hedonistic thrill, but also the fact that I'm wide open for a thief here. 
And if there is anything that I've learned about evil, y'all, it's that it's the most dialed in, perfect, and and most importantly, unabashed opportunist. Okay, if you let up even just a tiny bit, it's back with its you know barbed talons, and it's sinking those barbed talons back into you, and you have to freaking start from scratch if it doesn't take you all the way down. And, you know, like I said, we have enough of this in us, y'all, to destroy the whole world. Okay, that that's the stakes involved here. So I, I can't slip up, okay, especially once I've passed the threshold of this door. It is freaking game time, okay? When I pass that threshold, I am officially playing in the big leagues with all of those uh, cosmic players. And the mistakes that happen here are cosmic mistakes, okay? And so standing at this door for me right now is the BTK killer and all that he represents and all the symbolism and everything implied therein, okay? I mean, he, he is the perfect symbol for not only the essence of evil, but also the, uh, the gateway that is pornography. And so that is uh, maybe on the left side or whatever of the door at, at my intersection, whatever you want to say. But on the right side, so is eternal life, okay? The source of life itself, the opposite of everything that guy represents, okay? Jesus Christ is whom I'm talking about here. What did I say back in the uh, Of God and Ants episode, right? The best way for a human to break up an ant fight is to send in an ant that has the mind of both an ant and a human, okay? And 100% of each, Okay. And, and what is it that, that I said back in the God Domesticates Us uh, Like Horses episode? God wants us to perform cosmic spiritual work that is beyond our capacity to, to understand. And so just like a cult being trained, an example horse, a perfectly trained horse, an integrated horse, must be sent in to calm the cult down and lead by example. Okay? Jesus Christ is that horse. He is that ant. He is that human. But if you think that that's the end of the story and that I simply just answered the door and just, you know, moseyed on through the door, right? You obviously don't know how things work with me, okay? It actually was a few more days until this walking through the door process was complete, or at least um, insofar as I can define completeness here in the 3D, okay? But that'll be a story for the next episode. It's way too amazing and uh, epic to rush and squeeze into the the very end of this episode here. So stay tuned. But we're still not done here, okay? There's still, like, three more things that happened, okay? And I'll start with, like, the least cool ones and go to the most cool ones, okay? So first of all, today is October 10th, all right, 10-10. And I actually did not plan on releasing this episode on this day. Everything just kind of fell into place like that, okay? It just happened uh, this way. Another one that I want to point out here is um, sitting right to my left here, I have uh, my whiteboard that has a bunch of postcards on it, postcards that my wife makes from pictures uh, that she took, and she, like, you know, creates them online and mails them to ourselves, which is not only hilarious, but cute, and I just love her to death. But two of these postcards, and I'm, I'm filming this, like, and showing you a video of it on YouTube right now if you're listening to me there. Uh, two of these postcards have the number 10, like just staring me right at the face. So there's another 1010 right there. Um, but the, the most amazing one, y'all, happened uh, yesterday while I was recording the, uh, this episode. I'm going to play you the recording 
of what happened. Okay, um, uh, here we go. Y'all, while I was making this episode, no joke, right on the part, y'all, where I realized, you know, I, I looked up the Bible verse, uh, verse 10, uh, uh, John 10, verse 10, and I noticed that it was basically the same freaking verse that the pastor from the uh, communion uh, sermon uh, pulled out, uh, you know, a, a week or so or a couple weeks. I, I, I forget, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tired of trying to, uh, you know, keep track of weeks here, y'all. Um, whenever that happened, okay, when I was recalling that, I'm, I'm sitting there editing this part, y'all, John 10, verse 10. And I'm texting a good friend of mine. Well, we have decided to keep each other accountable, like accountable, on trying to not look at. Uh, I'm just gonna again be flat out honest with y'all. Trying to not look at porn, right? We're trying to keep ourselves accountable with each other. And I, I messaged him. I was like, "Hey, man, sorry. Um, it, it almost took me down the other day, but I, I, I maintained my strength." And I, I persevered. I, I'm sorry. I should have texted you. Maybe that would have helped out more. And he replied back. He's like, hey, all good, man. And then the guy replies back to me, y'all, with a Bible verse. He, he, he plucks a, a random Bible verse out of thin air. He, he randomly was compelled out of really for no reason at all. This is really... I think like the the second time in uh, like a year or so of me knowing this person that he sent me a Bible verse, right? So it doesn't happen that often, if at all, right? This guy isn't actually a big time Christian. He believes in Jesus, but anyway, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to go into it. But, but, but y'all, he sends me a Bible verse. Take one freaking guess right now. If I were to put a gun to your head right now and say, uh, you have to, on your life, guess what freaking Bible verse this person randomly decided to send me without being prompted, without me telling him any of the story at all? Guess what freaking Bible verse he sent me? I am showing it to you right now, an actual picture of the freaking text. John 10, verse freaking 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus. John 10, 10. Just crazy, amazing stuff here, y'all. So many 10 tens and knocks on the door and, and, and doors themselves and or, or windows or portals or lions and tigers and bears. Are like, oh my, right? <laughs> so many amazing stuff. Uh, just crazy and anyone who's denying this y'all is is closing their eyes and plugging their ears and humming loudly to themselves so they you know drown out everything else it's like just wake up open your freaking eyes open your ears and eyes and and notice but as amazing as this story was y'all the the next episode is going to be just absolutely out of this world i i i say all this stuff all the time y'all but trust me i mean the least impactful and least amazing thing that happened was my consciousness left my body on an astral projection experience. Okay, that was the least amazing thing that happened. 
<laughs> okay, so stay tuned. It, it's pretty freaking amazing. Um, uh, but we're going to close out here with that, that voice memo uh, part that I cut out that I said didn't move the plot along. It still is really amazing, and this episode is already freaking long, so it's like, why not make it longer? And uh, if I don't put this in now, I'll never put it into anything else. So uh, here we go. We're going to play that now and close out with it. Uh, so um, uh, see you all later, and I'll, uh, I love you all, and uh, just listen to this. Anyways, I got to get ready to go. I'm about to go have lunch with my best friend who texted me that song about the Mavericks and, um, you know, I will ignore you again, all that fun stuff. I'm going to uh, go have lunch with him. I'm going to try not to bash him over the head with God. <laughs> I feel like every time I meet with this guy, I end up getting in this long God discussion. Um, you know, you got to still, even though this is a new thing that, I've, uh, that has saved my soul and, and so, much, uh, so much else, even though this is an amazing thing, you can't just go around bashing people over the head with God, y'all. You got to lead by example first. You got to do, you got to act. You got to lead with action, not words. Words are also important. Don't get me wrong, but you got to lead with action and be a man of few words Because again, bashing someone over the head with God puts them on the defensive from the start. You're introducing them to a potential predator knocking on their door that could come in and kill their whole family. You gotta be careful with this stuff, y'all. You can't just go out guns a-blazing. You're gonna do nothing but turn people off and they're going to not want to listen to you. They're going to be like, oh boy, here comes Andrew with his God stuff again. And so I need to be very careful and watch myself. What I was saying is you got to lead by example. You got to lead a life to where people ask themselves, what is it about Andrew that makes him so, um, I don't know, happy most of the time and giving and caring. And when bad things happen, he sees the bright side. And when when people do terrible things or bad things to him, he looks on the, at the good in them and forgives them and all this other stuff. What is, it, what is it about him? Let me go find out. Let me talk to him and let me ask. And that's when you very, even, even then, you very carefully bridge that. You don't lead right off the bat with God. You talk about your, your just beliefs in general on how to treat people. And then you can kind of dovetail that with like, um, you know, I'm just telling my story at this point, right? It's like, you can just dovetail that with like, I used to not think like that. I used to be the, uh, the complete opposite of that until blah. And I was a total rationalist and I doubted every single second of it until this, until this happened. And then you might as well just throw the whole podcast at them at that point. Anyways, amazing stuff. And, and, and by the way, I just want to, 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 to clarify here. For anyone thinking, it's like, well, God is in, control of, is, is in control of everything. And yes, you just told a little beautiful story that justifies this whole, the, the reason why the, the, the BTK killer was, was back in the news, right? It's like, 
You told a be- you skated around the issue there beautifully and wove this little uh, a justifiable story of how this is all still okay, right? We're, we're, we're ignoring the fact that dozens of people died so that I could be delivered this message. And if that is true, that means that God himself killed however many people that the BTK killer killed for me to deliver this, to, for, for, uh, to, you know, to deliver this message to me. I want to make it clear that I am not saying that, okay? And again, the, this whole joke thing applies. The, when I say joke, I mean the, the riddle of your life, the, the, the joke of your life. A, a joke is a setup and a punchline, and the punchline gives meaning and purpose to the setup. The joke of anybody's life who dies... And more specifically, in this case, I'm talking about the, the, the victims of the BTK killer. As, tor- as horrible as their deaths were, y'all, there was an even more beautiful and then some infinitely more so beautiful answer on the other side of, of their death. I said it a billion times. You, you, if, you see, if you see paradise, you dip your toe into paradise and you tell me that there are problems. And, and, and obviously there's, an, there's an, uh, a nefarious force, in my opinion, behind the slaying of these people. And so if God gave any autonomy whatsoever to that force, then theoretically it's killing these people. Well, then why did God create the concept of death in the first place. I don't know, y'all. I don't got the answers to this. I don't got all the answers. But there, there, there seems to be, I don't know. I, I, all I'm saying is that I do not think that God said, I'm going to kill all these people to, to, to give Andrew a lesson here. What I think God did is says, hey, this autonomous being who is functioning in this semi or fully autonomous system that I created, this thing and this system resulted in the deaths of these people. And now that these people are dead, and that's a big major tragedy, even though, again, on the other side of this is infinite love and beauty and uh, infinite everything good, but now that they're dead, we can use coincidences around the story of their death to deliver biblical uh, message, messagery here. And again, y'all, if you think that, again, we can argue about is God um, evil because of all the evil things that Yahweh did and all this other stuff. Is God evil or not? I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Again, I, I refer to ant logic versus people logic. We don't know. You take the morality part out of it, and we don't know the tenth dimensional reasoning that resulted in three dimensional death. 
but regardless, we we can we can argue about uh, God being uh, evil or, or or whatever, y'all. I, I don't I don't I, I don't know what to what to tell you there. I was I was about to say I was about to make a good point and, and it left me. I don't know, but ultimately I don't know what to tell you there. That's what I remembered. So again, this whole concept of of God being evil for killing all these people and all this stuff. And and y'all, I don't know how much stock to put into the Old Testament. I'm afraid to even crack that book open. I I read Genesis and and, and that's about it. And and I think I read Daniel. And I'm scared to read the rest, honestly. Um, Because again, all these horror stories of like just wiping people out. Like I, I flipped to a random page one time and they were like, I don't know, I, I, I'm probably butchering the story, but the, like a few people were carrying a sarcophagus of somebody or something like that. And God said something to the effect of, if, if you look down at the sarcophagus, I will strike you dead. And some guy accidentally looks down and he just gets struck dead. And it's like, what? No, dude. No, 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 no. That's, that does not sit right. <laughs> man but but regardless so, so again i do firmly believe that the, the the book was written by human hands y'all human beings that are subject to deceit and this whole war i personally believe the struggle with good and evil is documented in the bible in every word i think the word is the struggle and that we need to take it very carefully when we read it because we could be reading one side of the struggle versus the other. One side trying to convince you versus the other. But that's a whole another story for, uh, for, for, for a different time. But what I'm trying to get at here is if you think that it is all ra- unicorns and rainbows and moonbeams, and dancing and singing and hugging, if you think that's that's everything to the story here, I can tell you from personal experience that you are gravely mistaken. There is something very, very incredibly freaking uh, astro- uh, cosmically, you cannot even slap a verb, or sorry, an adjective on it, y'all how uh, incomprehensively gargantuan and cosmic and massive that this otherworldly hyper-cosmic struggle, I can't say the word cosmic enough. You have no idea how serious it is. You have no idea. Not even an inkling. And so if there are some, if there is some um, fallout in that, collateral damage in that, it does not surprise me one tiny bit. If this collateral damage involves thousands and whatever, millions or I don't care what number of people that you throw at me, it does not surprise me one tiny bit. And then at the micro level, if all of that cosmic anger 
is funneled into a handful of people and they're murdered in this absolutely heinous and horrible way, torturous way, if all of that cosmic hate is concentrated on a singular person, the horrors there do not surprise me one tiny bit. You better freaking believe that there are competing forces knocking on your door. You better believe that because it is the truest thing that you can I can't imagine something that's truer truer than true, but that is truer than true. There are competing forces knocking on your door. One of them Like I said, there's only one truth. Forget this whole relativity of truth nonsense, y'all. There is one truth, and then the ballot box is being stuffed with false truths that are almost the truth, but not. And all of those infinite number of false truths are out there knocking on your door. And then there's one that is the real truth that uh, that is knocking as well. You stand at the door, you open the door, you grab a knife and you stick it to your neck and you lay down and say, have your way with me. Because that is essentially what opening your door to anybody is. Even though I just said that we need to be very careful with the Bible, y'all. And I know I'm eating my own words, and this is very hypocritical what I'm about to say, but I am on the side of the person knocking on my door who says, I am here to give you life and increase life to the fullest. I am willing to take that risk. I am willing to roll the dice on that one. Anything else, y'all. We are all God. Jesus was just like one of us. Ah, man, I'm telling you, I'm leaving you at the door. I have to, I have to do that. What do you want me to believe here, y'all? I've seen the whole universal consciousness uh, thing. That's one of the first things that I noticed on psychedelics. But that can be easily folded into the uh, Christian um, uh, uh, trinity. Consciousness is Jesus Christ. Uh, what, What animates otherwise inanimate objects and makes them alive? Consciousness. What did Jesus say? He is life. Your universal consciousness that everyone touts around as being the end-all, be-all is Jesus Christ. And that is one part of the Trinity. And by the way, something with infinite power that can be a universal consciousness would have enough power to uh, um, 
descend from wherever he originates, whenever, wherever his source is, and descend down, descend down and become a flesh and blood human being for a, for a, 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 a little bit of time to, to clue people in on like some stuff, some important stuff, some very important stuff. If you have this power, you can do that. If you have infinite power, this is not a contradiction by any means. Jesus is the, is the consciousness part of the universal consciousness. And then you have the developer of this video game that we're all in. And that developer's name is God. And he has a means through the system, through his video game, to descend down and basically um, possess anyone he chooses to. And he's infinite, so he can do this all over. The Holy Spirit, y'all, is real. I have seen it time and time again. Especially now that I know what it is. I've seen it my whole life. But now that I know what it is, I see it a lot more clearly when a, a friggin' toddler is jumping on a couch, acting like a friggin' lunatic, and you're in deep thought thinking about, um, the, you, you know, you, you're dating this person who you think is awesome and you're, you're trying to figure out if you truly love them or not and how vulnerable you're about to be to get into such an enterprise as love and you're not sure if you want to do that. And so you're wrestling with these thoughts of, do I love her? What does love mean? Do I love this person? Do I love this person? And this toddler who was jumping around, acting a fool, going crazy, has no business doing something like this. He stops, plants his feet, looks over at me. He hasn't said anything to me the whole time I've been staying with these friends for a couple of days. He, he He stops jumping, stops acting a fool, stops being a rambunctious, destructive child, Stops, looks me square in the face, right when I'm thinking about love. And he asks me with, with the earnestness of, uh, of, a, of a wise old 90-year-old man or something, looks at me and says, who do you love? That calmly, that sincerely, that earnestly. Who do you love, he says. What possessed this boy, to do that. What, what, what possesses all the times that my wife has done similar stuff, like that time that I was bummed out and she comes and starts tickling me, and I, re- I, I realized the humor, because it was identical to the same humor that God was, was basically tickling with uh, me with on that ayahuasca breakthrough that I had, trip number five, the answer, go listen if you haven't. It's the exact same humor as that. And I saw it in the moment and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is God trying to cheer me up. This isn't Layla. It is her, but it's not. It's st- that, that, ki- that kid still used his, his own free will to plant his feet and stop and turn to me and say something. It's predeterminism and it's free will. It, they can be the same thing. To me, they're, they're slightly asymmetrical um, expressions of the same thing. 
in a higher dimension, free will and predeterminism are not separate. They seem separate down here, but up in a higher dimension, in a higher plane of existence, they are the same thing. But I, was, I looked at my wife and I thought to myself, this is God right now trying to cheer me up. And after she got done tickling me, she, she gets off of me and starts walking and she stops, plants her feet, turns around and says, right when I'm thinking to myself, she's God right now. She turns around and says the words, I'm God right now. And, and, and I go, I go, what? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. She says, you're God right now. That's what she said. She turns around and she says, you're God right now? And, and I go, what, what, what did you just say? And she said, you're God right now. That's what you're thinking, right? And I am like, what in the absolute effing F is going on here? I was just reminded of God's humor and love, him basically tickling me. And here's this woman who, who, whom I love, who is the reason that I found God, trying to cheer me up, tickling me, uh, you know, uh, using the same style of humor that God did. And I recognized it and I, I, I thought, you're God right now. And she just says, you're thinking right now, you're, what you're thinking is you're God right now, right? That's what you're thinking. And of course, what she really meant is that I have this phrase, there's a, a friend of mine who's uh, like very religious and he doesn't like to cuss. And one day I heard him say, oh my gosh, right now. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And I say it all the time. And Layla, my wife has, has caught on to it. And she says it a lot now too. And so what she meant by that was, I was so like, you know, overwhelmed by her tickle torture that she turned around. She's like, are you thinking in your head, oh my gosh, right now? Is that what you're thinking? But it didn't come out right like that. She, she um, didn't quite remember exactly how I say it. And she says, she thought it was uh, my God right now. Or, you know, and so she, she was like, is that what you're thinking? Uh, you're God right now? Beautiful. Unbelievable. And I know any kind of rationalist a-hole can come down and say, that's not what you think it is, man. I'm telling you it is. It's exactly what I think it is. And, I, and you cannot freaking describe that with universal consciousness, in my opinion. This is not some thing that we all made up in our head. There has to be an origin to, to, to universal freaking consciousness, y'all. I am telling you that if we want to use this video game analogy, Jesus can be thought of as the module of code, like, like the, lines, the line or lines of code that is responsible for the animation of all this dead stuff, right? Turn a pile of subatomic particles into a a living, breathing, feeling, sentient being. There's some kind of magic there. It's not just freaking emergence. A scientist will come, up, come along not knowing the answer, not knowing shit, and say, that pile of subatomic particles is animated because of emergence. 
They, they talk all, all day long about the God of the gaps, y'all. That is the, that is the biggest example of science of the gaps I've ever heard. Anyways, there's a couple of lines of code in the program that are responsible for the animation of dead stuff, right? So, so uh, the, a pile of subatomic particles that is now a feeling sentient being. That is Jesus. Jesus also, because he's part of this infinite power uh, uh, trinity thing, was able to come down and be a man and talk to us about this. And then die for us, by the way. And not only die for us, but die for the worst in us. Not the best, the worst. That's how freaking cool the guy is, y'all. The coolest person you've ever met. He knows the worst thing about you, and he says, I still love you. In fact, I love you so much that I'm going to die for you. That's how cool the guy is. Anyway, he's the line of he's the couple lines of code in the program that animates everything. And then you have the developer, which is God, who developed the whole program. This perfect autonomous machine that who, whose whole purpose and goal is unification with him through faith because he's infinite and you're not and you'll never be able to figure out the infinite. So he makes it very easy for us and gives us this very childlike thing that we need to surrender to and it's just to simply believe. And it's the most beautiful and freeing thing when you let go and let that happen. It's amazing. So that's him. And he has a way to come down and communicate to us through his perfect system, his program. He has a way to come down and jump into people or many people. He can do whatever the heck he wants. He's the freaking uh, uh, developer. He has full admin rights. He still, he still engages the system and lets the system work because, again, the, the beauty of uh, 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 knowledge is not anywhere near as beautiful as the journey towards knowledge, okay? The, the, the beauty of discovery, y'all, the beauty of catharsis, the beauty of the hero's journey so that you can learn whatever you learn and get whatever knowledge that you get so that you ultimately land at a point where you give it all up and surrender to faith. It's beautiful. So that's the Holy Spirit, okay? He can, uh, using, using the, these admin rights and this developer, um, you know, this, these developer rights or, or privileges or whatever you want to call them, he can do that. And, and Jesus being this consciousness, that's like the gears are already greased. He can just slide right in. He, he comes down, the Holy Spirit comes down and shakes hands with Jesus and boom, we're off to the races here. And again, it's still your free will and it's predeterminism also at the same time. It is possible. 
I have a whole theory on this. I'm not going to get into it right now. Because I got to go eat lunch with my friend. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's all I got for today, y'all. Y'all are awesome. Uh, just, I, I, I know this came off as a little bit of browbeating. And by the way, I don't know, I don't know the full uh, Gnostic uh, story. I don't know the full Hindu story. I don't know the full Buddhist story. I don't know all that. Maybe there are answers for this. Maybe, maybe the universal, like hermetic philosophy too. I have a book on hermetic philosophy, but I haven't read it all. Maybe there is an answer to all this. Maybe the universal consciousness in these different, um, you know, uh, religions or even quasi religions, maybe there's an answer for like, like the, the universal consciousness in, in these systems um, of thought are not the end of the, of the story. Maybe there's other parts of this that I don't even know. Like I can just hear my, my good friend um, who helps me out, my, a very awesome guy uh, into Hinduism and Gnosticism. And the, this guy has love just pouring out of every pore of his body. And so it really pains me to disagree with this guy. This guy has helped me out so much. You have no idea. Awesome, 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 beautiful, beautiful, beautiful person. Um, I, I forget what I was going with that other, other, other than to say that you're awesome, dude. You, um, you're awesome. But, and, and, it, and it breaks my heart to, to disagree with you here, but, but I'm, but I can hear, I can, uh, that's what I was getting at. I know that there's something about Hinduism that I'm leaving out here and that you're going to swoop in and be like, dude, no, you're talking about the Brahmin only. And there's this other thing called the blah, blah, blah. If you would just read the uh, Upanishads like I told you to, <laughs> I'm, I'm like 30 pages in, man. I'm sorry. I need to, I need to sit down and read it more. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm sure there's an answer there. And I'm sure that you and I are going to have this unbelievably beautiful conversation like we always have. And I'll be like, yep, it's just a different name for the same thing here. And then we'll, we'll, we'll just beautifully agree to disagree on the specifics. Um, but anyways, I'm sure there's an answer here, y'all. I'm just saying that there are people who swoop in and say that the universal consciousness is, is, is it. And that's, that's, that's all there is. And what usually happens, I got to get ready. I got to get put on shorts and stuff. I'm just going to keep talking. Well, not what usually happens, but sometimes what happens is this can be a depressing thing. There's another guy that I, that I talked to who had a very similar ayahuasca experience that I did uh, in my um, Beyond Infinity uh, trip. This guy had a very similar experience to that, and he came out of it depressed. And, and it, he messaged me. He's like, dude, I need help. That's how I got in contact with him is because he said, I need help. And I was like, dude, what's up? And he, he basically told me, he's like, I saw Infinity the message I got there was, was not one. It didn't end with a message of love. It just ended with a message of we're nothing. We're useless. We're, we're this, we're the lowest rung on the totem pole, so to speak. I mean, I mean, granted there is lower, but it might as well be the lowest compared to the infinite. Right. And so he's like, I got that message. I still believe in the universal consciousness. What scares me though, he's like, is when we, when we die, like when uh, I think he believes in reincarnation, which I'm still like um, uh, kind of on the fence about. I, I don't know. I just don't know what I don't know. I haven't heard about this stuff on my on my experiences, kind of. 
But um, but he was like, you know, when when we go through our last incarnation, right? Uh, when we go through our last life, and we're all sitting there, and and we're we're now dead, and we're on the other side, and all this stuff. If we're God, and we are all that there is, what else is what else is there? It seems like it's going to be this very sad kind of boring like hey that's it it's like it's i don't know it's kind of like i don't know have you ever have you ever done something where the pursuit was way more fun and awesome than actually getting there i don't know it's it's kind of like here here's an example have you ever like went after an extremely hot person that you were super excited about like there's like there's no way that this chick would ever date me ever right and then, but you go after her, and for whatever reason, she says yes. And you, you, there's something weird. There's something psychological about uh, having what you what you sought after. It's it's not as sexy anymore. This has happened to me like like a few different times in my life where I was lucky enough to go after someone that I really really was like super sexually like about, and then I get them. And it's, it's like almost instantly you're like, oh, okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, cool. You know? And so it's kind of the same thought for, for this, this guy and what he was saying. It's like, once you're dead, it's kind of like, okay, well, well, that was interesting. Okay. What now? And so, so it can be a depressing thing, y'all, this, this thought of the universal consciousness and how it's like kind of like the end all be all. And again, this other friend, the, the, the one that's really deep into Hinduism and, and meditation and everything, I'm sure that there's a beautiful, awesome answer for that. Um, that we're not taking it into account, but that's the thing. All we need to discuss this stuff. We all need to come together and lay down our swords and daggers and have open, honest, respectful, uh, discourse like like a lot of the people that i engage with do and god bless you for doing that ancient gear i'm looking at you um and and i won't mention other people by name because um again i don't want to give away who these people are in in case they want to um remain anonymous but but ancient gear you're, you're a great example man of uh civil you know respectful discourse and uh, we we all need an iron sharp, sharp sharpens iron man we need to talk about all this stuff y'all we absolutely need to anyways i love you all keep up that 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 beautiful discourse and debate i love you all let's let's uh let's keep in contact spread the love bye-bye